good Sunday morning. You're listening to Twyla Southall and L.J. Renee with What Does the Lord Say? This is Christian Talk Radio, here to challenge the status quo. If you keep doing what you're doing, you'll keep getting what you're getting. But if you want to see a change, if you want a spiritual revolution, if you need a spiritual renewal, stay with us. We are here to inspire to inform and to challenge you to consider what does the Lord say regarding life's issues. Visit our website for information on how you can join us for morning prayer. Access previous podcasts of this broadcast, or you can even now access and download this podcast in iTunes. There is also information to follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, or even sponsor this show. Visit our website at www.whatdoesthelordsay.com. We would love to hear from you. The question today is, how do you know if the hindrances you are experiencing in your life are divinely appointed by God or if they are tactics of the enemy to prevent the will of God from coming to pass in your life? You know, that is a a good question that I think a lot of people would like to know the answer to. One is to have the spiritual discernment, and that's having a relationship with the Lord and knowing what, what spirits are in operation in your midst. And then the other one is to acknowledge the Lord in all your ways, acknowledge the Lord, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path, meaning that when you go to the Lord, you're praying to him and asking him, Lord, is this you? Is this you or is this the enemy that has that is attacking me? And then another one would be that God would not have you to be ignorant of this of Satan's devices. Whatever is going on in your life, and if you go to the Lord and acknowledge him, he'll talk to you, whether it's through a scripture that he'll lead you to, whether it's an audible voice or whether it is a dream, but God is going to make sure that you understand the place you're in, the reason why you are in it. It might come a little later, but God is going to give you the strength to walk this thing through until he reveals what it is that he would have for you. Amen. Thank you for your question. In St. John chapter 11, verses one through six from the King James version, it says, now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto Jesus, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard, therefore, that Lazarus was sick, Jesus abode two days still in the same place where he was. Now I'm going to read it from the Amplified Version from John 11. It says, Now a certain man named Lazarus was sick, and he was from Bethany, the village where Mary and her sister Martha lived. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. So the sisters sent word to him, saying, Lord, he, our brother and your friend whom you love, is sick. And when Jesus heard this, he said, The sickness, this sickness, 
sickness will not end in death, but on the contrary, it is for the glory and honor of God so that the son of God may be glorified by it. Now, Jesus loved and was concerned about Martha and her sister and Lazarus and considered them dear friends. So even when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed in the same place two more days. And you know, verse six is the one that really troubles you. Verse five talks about how much he loves them and how much he cares for Mary, Martha mm. and Lazarus. Isn't that what we say? And because he loves them, <laughs> because he cares so much for them, when he heard about Lazarus being sick, he decided to stay where he was two more days. Mm. That's what we're going to talk about, a deliberate delay. There are some times in our lives when it seems as though the promises of God have been held up deliberately. We have been delayed from walking into the things that God have for us, deliberately delayed from experiencing the fullness of God's blessings, from receiving the answers that God has for us, from getting the best that God has in store for us. And it's those times that we are perplexed and in a quandary and wondering what is going on. And we can read the story in uh, John 11 about Mary and Martha and wonder, you know, how could she doubt him? We know what's going to happen a few verses down that God, Jesus is going to raise Lazarus from the grave. And it's always easy to read that with uh, 2020 hindsight. But when you're going through your own issues of life and it feels as though God has deliberately delayed his response, shut up the heavens so that it feels like your prayers are bouncing off the walls of your, the ceiling of your house and coming back down unanswered, even unheard. It is very frustrating and it can be trying to the very faith that we have in God. But it is at those times that God is building our character and growing our faith because what seems to be a deliberate delay for us is really the divine appointment of God in our lives. And you know what, even as you were reading it, it talked about, Lord, this is your brother, your, or this is our brother and your friend whom, who is sick. And then they went on to say that this is the one that you love. And even I could hear, even sometimes we'll say, you know, when we've been waiting for God to do something and it seems like it's so far off and we've been waiting for such a long time and we may even say, Lord, don't you love me? Didn't you tell me this is what I'm supposed to do? You know, Lord, didn't you say, that I'm chosen of you. Didn't you say that God, that you are with me? I mean, you begin to question because if surely, surely if someone loves you, they wouldn't keep you waiting the way that it seems as though Jesus had kept them waiting. And that's what we think sometimes we may not say it verbally, but our actions will display it. It's like, God, I've been waiting so long to the point where I feel like I'm getting wearied. And so that's what we say to the Lord when we feel that what he promised is not coming fast enough or what he promised has been delayed or what he's promised looks like it's not going to happen. And that's the hard thing is knowing or, or repeating to yourself that God loves me. Why would he do me like this? And, you know, we say love is what it does, right? And it doesn't feel like you love me when you do it. Like you said, when you're doing me like this, deliberate means something that's done consciously or intentionally 
intentionally. And delay is something that is late or postponed. So why would God consciously and intentionally delay his blessings and delay the answers from heaven and delay the promises that he has for me when I've done everything I know to do? And that's Mm -hmm. what we do just like the sisters of Lazarus did in this scripture. We begin to remind God that I am, you know, a child of God, the apple of your eye, Mm -hmm. a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. I am the blood washed, the spirit filled, the called out, the chosen that you have elected before the very foundations of the earth were laid. And we begin to remind God of who we are. We are friends of yours, dear God. You know, we are special in your sight, dear God. Just as if we're giving God a resume, reminding him, remember Mm -hmm. that you love me, God. Remember that I'm precious to you, God. Remember that I'm special. Listen, when folks are special and precious to you, you don't need any reminding. You don't need to be reminded of those that you love and those that you hold dear. The way that God had them record these scriptures lets me know the very fact that you are precious to God, the very fact that he loves you, the very fact that you are the elect and the chosen of God. That's the reason why you do experience the divine and deliberate delay of God, because he wants you. It says in verse five, when now Jesus loved Mary, you know, when they sent for Jesus, they said, our brother whom you love is sick, but they, they want, Jesus wants us to know in verse five, he doesn't just love Lazarus. He loves Mary and he loves Martha and he loves Lazarus. And because he loves all of them, when he heard about Lazarus being sick, he decided I'm going to delay my stay here two more days because if I go now, there's something about the presence of God, LJ Renee, Mm. that when the presence of God comes in, you know, when light comes in, darkness has to flee. Mm. The Bible tells us that Jesus is light. He is the light of the world, the light of God. When he comes in, darkness has to flee. He is the life too. And he is the resurrection, which he's teaching them in these passages of scripture. So he knew that if I go there now, if I go down to Bethlehem, now where sickness is lingering over the body of Lazarus, where death is hoovering over the body of Lazarus. If I go there now, it's got to go because when I come in, I bring in life and light and resurrection. So if I go now, that sickness will have to back up. Death will have to give way to life. That darkness will have to give way to light. If I go there now, because my glory is more important than them getting a healing in the body of Lazarus, I'm going to delay my coming. I'm going to have to let death have its way only for a season. I'm going to have to let death run its course, but only for a season that I might be glorified. He sacrificed Lazarus that he might be glorified. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. In the scriptures in verse four, I believe he said that he did it before the glory and honor of God, that he would be glorified. And you know, there's some things that are, that are, you are going through that are happening in your in your life while you're waiting on the Lord that has to die out. When when I say die out to you, it appears to be dead because it's still, it's not moving, it's dormant. There's no excitement. There's nothing being produced, nothing productive in this situation or in this dream or this thing that God has given you to do. It appears to be dead. But then this is what Jesus told the disciples. He said, "You know, our friend Lazarus." 
has fallen asleep. Things look like they're dead, but God come. He says, but I am going there to wake him. Those things that are dormant in your life, it is God that's going to bring that light into that dark situation. And he's going to reveal to you what it really is not dead. It's not, it's not gone. He says, I'm coming to wake up that dream. And when he does it, he will be glorified. My God, I yes, mean, because this thing is going to be beyond your fixing. It's yes. going to be beyond your repairing. It's going to be, you know, Humpty Dumpty had a great, great fall and all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put him back together again. It's going to be something that you can't fix even if you wanted to, even if you tried. But when God comes in beyond the point of your break, beyond the point of your ability to fix it That's and right. repair it, when he comes in and brings restoration in life, when he comes in and touches the situation and causes it to live, then you know that this is nothing but the hand of God and you and everybody watching will give glory to God. And every time the testimony is given, they will give glory to God. It's all about his glory. There's a song that we used to sing and it asks a question. It says, is your all on the altar of sacrifice laid? I mean, have you laid everything before Mm -hmm. the Lord? Mm -hmm. And here's what we do. We lay our all on the sack on the altar of sacrifice. But if he don't come by the deadline, I'm going to have to go pick it back up. Mm -hmm. But sometimes God's going to try your faith. There's going to be a deliberate delay and he's going to allow the the sacrifice you have laid on the altar to look like it has died. And for all intents and purposes to you, it has died. But thanks be unto God that we serve a God who is the resurrection and he can speak to the dry and the dead bones. He can speak to the things that have died in your life and he can resurrect them if it be his will. But he wants to know, will you leave it on the altar as long as it takes for him to be glorified? When it came to Abraham sacrificing his son, he was glorified when Abraham lifted up the knife to kill his son because he knew that he had him hook, line, and sinker and he didn't have to kill his son because he already had his heart. He wants to know, is your all on the altar of sacrifice laid and are you willing to leave it there as long as it takes even if it looks like you got to bury some stuff you got to put it in the grave you got to leave it and be willing to let it go you know what oftentimes we sing that song I give myself away or I surrender all and we sing it and at the time we really mean it but then there comes a testing time have you really surrendered your life are you really giving God all of you we, are you just singing a song? or are you just singing a song and you know at the time you may really you may really uh, uh, mean it you know but what this is what happens is we forget the trying of our faith that's it gives the evidence if we have given our all, have we really surrendered? It's a test. When God begins to speak to you and say, listen, this is just the trying of your faith. Remember what he told the children of Israel. He told them, I'm taking you into the promised land. But it looked like it was so far off. He said, but I took you this way to try you on purpose. On purpose. He did that on purpose. We have to go through some tests. We have to go through some trying times. And it doesn't feel good. I 
I know it. It causes you to wonder, God, are you with me? God, you said that you would be with me even to the end of time. And you don't hear him say anything. And you're thinking, are you listening? Have you forgotten about me? But God has not forgotten about you. This is just a trying of your faith. And James says that that trying of your faith will work patience in you. That's what and he said. patience will have its perfect work. I mean that you may be perfect and entire and wanting nothing. nothing. But I'm telling you, there's a that's a long journey to Ooh. get there. And think about it. The trying of your faith is to work patience. If you had patience, mm. then you wouldn't be anxiously wondering if God is going to show up. And we've all been there wondering if God is going to show up, wondering why he has deliberately delayed his coming, wondering why he hasn't answered your plea, wondering why God hasn't done what you know he told you he was going to do. It's trying the very faith you have in him. But he said, that's all right, because this trying of your faith, it's for a purpose. It's going to work a patience in you that when it is done, you will be perfect and entire and wanting nothing. And one thing you will know that what God has promised you, it is for you. What God has for you, it is for you. No delay is going to keep the promise that God has for you from you. Nothing that happens during the delay is going to prevent the promise that God has for you from getting to you. You tend to think that if if I don't get there by six o'clock, they're going to close the doors. If I don't give them an answer by Tuesday, I'm going to lose the opportunity. If I don't respond by next week, the offer's off the table. But I come to tell you that you serve a God that can take this thing beyond Tuesday, beyond six o'clock, beyond next week, beyond every human deadline. And God can still work it out for you because what God has for you, no delay, no deadline can prevent it from getting to you. What God has for you, it is for you. for me is for me. I am so glad that God has a 
uh, my name on some things. I mean, it, it can't nobody take it because what God has promised you is going to happen. If you stay with the Lord, if you stay believing in the things that he has told you he was going to do, if you don't grow wearied and well-doing, you will reap the harvest. And you know what? When I go back to the scripture, it says that Martha said this to Jesus when her brother did die. He says, she says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Isn't that what we say sometimes? Lord, if you had have been here, when were you going to step in? Where were you? Where were you? I remember going through some things as we we bring up uh, our experiences so that you can know that, that you're not the only one walking through this. And I can remember when it was so much going on and I even said, God, if you had a showed up, I mean, I was expecting you to, to come in like the Calvary. I, I was expecting you to turn things around. You know, that's what David said. He said, Lord God, he said, come in and destroy them all. I was expecting you to come in and destroy them all. He is allowing these things to happen to you that your faith may grow and that you may know that God is God and beside him, there is none other. It like Martha said, if you had been here, Lord, this wouldn't happen. And she's right. If he had been there, he would not have died because when he is there, he is the embodiment of life and well, that's life what he said. and resurrection. That's why I had to delay my coming because you are right. If I had been here, he wouldn't have died and, and I wouldn't have been able to get the glory, the faith you're getting ready to have right. in me. You would not have it because you're getting ready to see me as the resurrection. You're getting ready to see me roll death away. You're getting ready to see me do what some have never seen me do before. They did everything they were supposed to do. They had been the friends of God. They had loved him. They had housed him. When they needed something, they didn't look to anybody else, but they sent for Jesus. Mm -hmm. Just what you are supposed to do. They put their hope and confidence in Jesus that even though life is slipping away from him, even though he's barely breathing, if Jesus would get here, he could fix this problem. And that is a faith in God, but he wanted them to have a faith that went beyond that says if he would get here before he dies, he can fix anything. He wants them to have a faith that says even if he dies, he can come in here and he can resurrect the dead. You need and I need to have a faith in God that says even if this gets beyond the point of where we think God can fix it while it's alive, while it's moving, he wants us to have that faith that Ezekiel had to have in the valley of dry bones when he's looking out over the desolation and he says son of man can these bones live Mm. and he said you know Lord he wants us to be able to say yes Lord I know that this has died I know that this has gone beyond the deadline but you are the resurrection and the life and not only that when he told Ezekiel he said son of man what do you see and he said I see dead bones and you know what he said he said prophesy to those bones and that's what God is saying even today to speak to this situation. Mm, What should I speak? This looked like a dead situation.
salvation, no hope. I mean, what can I say? And then God began to tell him what to say. When you don't know what to say in this situation, ask him, Lord, what can, what should I say? How should I, I speak to this thing? And God will begin to show you in his word, giving you an example. I remember there was a time when I heard a word from the Lord and I said, Lord, show me in your scriptures that which support what I'm hearing you tell me. And he gave me Nehemiah 4, starting with Nehemiah 4. And that word that he gave me in Nehemiah confirmed the word that he spoke to me in my spirit. God will give you what he wants you to say. Begin to ask God. I mean, he's not intimidated by that. He's not going to get mad at you if you ask him. He wants you to ask, what shall I speak? And he will begin to show you. Amen. And so as we close this today, let's just speak a word prophetically over those listening to this broadcast to speak to those dead situations, to speak to those things that are nearing the point of death in your life, to speak over those things that God has promised you. And even now, dear God, I speak to those listening, those that you have given dreams to, those that you have given visions to, those that you have given words of knowledge and wisdom, those who you've anointed and called to do a work, but they, Father, have gone and sat in a place of obscurity and they have thought, Father, that there was no need of them. And even now, dear God, I hear you saying the master has need of thee. And I pray, God, now that you awaken in them the dream and the hope, that you awaken in them the vision, that you awaken in them the calling and the anointing that you have called them to do, God, that you stir up the gift even as they hear this prayer being prayed through this broadcast. Would you stir up the gift that is within them? Would you give them dreams and visions afresh? Would you breathe fresh upon them, God? Baptize them afresh in your Holy Spirit. Give them a thirst and a hunger that even now, God, when they hear this recording, God, that they would begin, Father, to thirst for you, to hunger for you. Oh, God, that they would go back and read the vision that you have given to them and that father you would put in them that unction that drive to do the whole will of God that they might see the goodness of God in the land of the living we speak life and health over them we speak the peace of God and the joy of God over their minds and hearts and they shall live and not die I thank you dear God hallelujah for even in a desert place where no water is you will give them to drink and even in the wilderness God where no way seems to be made you will make a way in the wilderness and we thank you for these God that you have awakened father in the body of Christ now may they arise God and may they do the will and the work of the Lord with the fire in their belly God and with the fervency God in their spirit knowing that he that has promised is faithful and you will do what you have said dear Lord in the name of Jesus Christ, we command that the word that you've spoken to each person that's listening on this broadcast, that the word of God that have 
been dormant in their spirit, that's been dormant in their life, dear God. That word that they seem to have given up on or pushed away or hid somewhere in the closet, God, that you would bring out, that you would cause that word to come alive, that they will be revitalized, oh God, that they will know that it is you that is speaking and that, God, that they will go forth and do what you have called them to do. I pray for those who are weary and, and they're doing well, God, they're doing the things that, God, that you've called them to do, but they have come become wearied in well-doing. Let not one of them miss that day of harvest, oh God. This thing was done, for Lord, that you would get the glory and that you would get the praise. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. You have been listening to Twyla Southall and L.J. Renee with What Does the Lord Say? For information on this program, on how you can subscribe to or access previous podcasts of this broadcast, visit our website at www.whatdoesthelordsay.com. Until next time.